Hey, good evening, everybody. Thanks for being here and welcome to the British Canoeing Paddlers podcast brought to you by Clear Access Clear Waters. Uh, my name is Etienne Stott. I'm a proud paddler, proud Olympic champion and a proud rebel. And it's really my pleasure to be here with you and spending this time with you tonight. So, yeah, we're on the second uh, episode of the series. Last week, we were joined by avid paddler and TV presenter Matt Allwright and Lucy Siegel, the journalist and reporter, is also a paddler. We were talking about climate change and plastic pollution and how we can help. It was a really cool episode. It's a good start for the series. And if you missed it, please, you can listen back on your social media channels or head to your favorite podcast provider and search for the Paddlers podcast. And if you leave a review, that's really cool and subscribe that helps us to spread the word and get more people involved in it so yeah that'd be awesome so thank you for doing that if you do and uh, if you're listening again thank you for coming in and listening again that's really cool as well so on to this week yeah many of you will be aware of our clear access clear waters campaign so this is british canoeing's campaign about waterways access but as well it's got that part of stewardship and looking after our rivers campaigning on environmental topics on behalf of our members and also a cheeky little plug um, if you switch your membership to a go green membership when you next renew which i'm definitely going to do this you get two pounds from your membership goes towards the clear access clear waters campaign and that helps us to continue what's going on here so if you can do that that'd be wicked but yes, this evening, we have got a fantastic uh, lineup of two really cool guests. We've got Amy Slack from Surfers Against Sewage and Ash Smith from the Windrush Against Sewage Pollution campaign. And our topic is a really important and interesting one. It's all about water quality and sewage pollution in our waterways. So it's a topic that's slowly getting the attention it needs. You know, I'm learning about this as well. And with increasing awareness in outdoor enthusiasts and paddlers, it's really the kind of consciousness of this is spreading across the country. But what do we really mean when we talk about water quality and what exactly is sewage pollution? And you know, do we really want to know? We do, because this isn't about dodging the truth. We need to know what's going on in our rivers. And so, you know, we need to find out what how this affects us, how this affects the environment and what we can do about it. So, you know, how can we as paddlers individually and as our community engage with this really important issue? So Amy and Ash are going to be here tonight sharing their expertise and experiences from like national campaign levels and really local levels as well to tell us, you know, all we need to know about trying to reduce or stop this sewage pollution problem. So, yeah, nice to see uh, both of them here. Hello, Amy, first of all. Uh, nice to see you. I'm just wondering if you can tell us a little bit about Surfers Against Sewage. It's a famous organisation, but how does it connect up with what we're doing here and, and a little bit about what you do? Yeah, thanks for having me on today, Etienne. It's really great to hear be here. So um, I am the Head of Campaigns at uh, Campaigns and Policy at Surfers Against Sewage. So um, I lead all of our work around uh, water quality, which is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, ocean and climate, which is what we talked about a lot with Lucy last week, who's also one of our trustees. Um, and um, also ocean recovery and plastic pollution as well. Um, so Surfers Against Sewage, we're a national ocean conservation charity based in Cornwall in St Agnes. So right down the bottom of the country we're one of the few ocean conservation charities that still overlook the sea when i'm in the office which i'm not at the moment obviously um can see the sea from from our desk which is great um yeah we started 30 years ago as a as a group of surfers who were basically sick of getting sick from the sea 
and did lots of like grassroots um, activist work outside Parliament with our placards and wheeling um, hospital beds around with people pretending to be sick in and, you know, trying to create um, sort of legislative policies change um, for, from a grassroots activist activist level. So that was 30 years ago, um, wind on sort of 30 years to, to now. And obviously water quality, as you've explained in your great intro, is a is a still massive issue for us. It's it's mm. a key part of our our DNA at, at Surface Against Surge and something we're still really passionate about campaigning for. So excited to be here and talk about it tonight with, yeah. with all of you guys. Wicked. No, thank you so much for being here. I wonder, is, is Ash still there? I'm trying to see. Oh, here he goes. Hello, Ash. How are you doing? So you're from the Windrush Against Sewage Pollution campaign. And I guess people, I thought that is quite an eye-catching uh, name. And I thought well, it would be interesting if you could tell us a little bit about what you're about and uh, why you're here. So, yeah, we chose that name because we thought if all we get to do is introduce ourselves before we get booted off stage, at least we've got the message across. That's what we're against uh, we, we started off, um, I live in the Windrush Valley in, in Oxfordshire, and like many people, uh, we've seen the river change from beautiful, clear, um, green weed, a lot of life, to a grey kind of stripe through the landscape. Now, I used to swim in it when I first came here, and that was only 2013. I used to swim in this river with my dog. Uh, then I used to let my dog swim in the river, and now I don't let my dog swim in the river, unless we go right upstream above these these sources of pollution. Now, we, we started to make some inquiries around about 2014, 15, when we saw things going downhill. And it became really clear that if, if we didn't do something about it, no one was going to do it. The Environment Agency were clearly not doing anything and showed no sign of it. So we started this group. Uh, we started to tap into the uh, abilities of a lot of retired people, actually, some very skilled professional people. Um, particularly in the field of analysis that can turn data and, and information into really meaningful campaigning material. So our approach has been to forensically take this whole thing apart, uh, the, uh, the water industry, the regulator, uh, and then to communicate that information and to engage with the industry particularly and to engage with off-what government, local councils and the community to start what is now quite, a, quite an influential movement and we've also started to make these links with national groups, particularly like Surfers Against Sewage, because they do they do the same sort of thing. They are clearly from their from their name, they're very much of the same ilk. They don't take any nonsense and they're effective. And there are a number of groups around the country like that that are building a coalition. So it sounds like you guys really know your stuff as in, you know, you've got this effective campaign and kind of backed up with serious knowledge. So that's really cool. And I thought it'd be interesting because, um, Ash, your your campaign got on ITV and I thought it'd be interesting just to have a quick look at that video because it was uh, quite striking. So I think maybe we'll get that played for us now and just have a look what you guys got in there. It's not a pretty sight. On the banks of the River Windrush, a pipe discharging liquid containing sewage which drains from a field onto which the raw waste is pumped. Solids from the sewage are meant to be captured by these filters, but during really heavy rain, they come off. You can see the results. The liquid pours into this field, which is supposed to help filter it before it then drains into the windrush through a pipe. Yeah, so that is 
pretty grim and i think uh yeah it doesn't look good at all and so it'd be interesting as well just to see uh amy i know that servers against sewage have got like quite a visual campaign as well you managed to get around and i just thought there's a few photos in here and perhaps you can tell us a little bit about what's going on in those as well yeah sure uh, yes yeah, certainly very very striking stuff going on yeah so we we started the sort of end sewage pollution campaign last last year which british canoeing are a part of and and wasp as well and these are pictures here you can see of um sort of local campaign groups um demanding an end to sewage pollution that's in edinburgh there um and, and ash took a took a picture of um of, of his group there that's that's us uh, that's me there and our, our team at sas and that's tahidi the turd named after tahidi woods uh, it's our new turd um from our blow up version 20 30 years ago um yeah and this is a picture again of you know emphasizes what ash ash uh, just showed you um sewage pollution and and just this is a, a petition we had of the end sewage pollution petition which we had 44,691 signatures for and, and handed that um directly into George Eustace at the end of last year so George Eustace is the Secretary of State for Environment Food and Rural Affairs so yes yeah we've had George Eustace say no more <laughs> But yeah, you know, we've 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 had a really really big uh, campaign on this over the last last um last twelve months, and and we've it's been really successful. We've really driven the agenda um up the kind of po- the public and the political um, sphere with with our partners in the End Sewage Pollution Coalition, which is a, a coalition of twenty odd organisations who are really actively working on on the issue of sewage pollution and water quality across the UK, from from local groups such as um, Ashes Group at Wasp all the way through to British canoeing to ourselves to the Rivers Trust, um, you know, to Surf England, etc., and and a, and a few media outlets as well. So, um, you know, we we've been working really hard to push the agenda um up up this up the kind of the consciousness um over the last year. We we saw you know we saw a, a, a really good results from our campaigning work sort of thirty years ago, and we we saw really you know really progressive legislation put in back then by um you know being led by sort of a European perspective um which is which led to kind of huge investments in sewage infrastructure um through the clean sweep program but you know ultimately we're still seeing huge volumes of of sewage discharges in into our rivers and into the ocean as well so you know 2019 we had two, over 200,000 sewage discharges into UK rivers that's 1.5 million hours worth of discharges in 2019 and and um you know our safer sea service which is the uk's only real-time mon- um real-time water quality monitoring service it's going to give a bit of a plug to that service you can download it it's a it's an app on app you can get on your phone doing a bit of a relaunch of it this year to be the safer seas and rivers service um so it will include a few river locations this year we hope um and um you know we showed last year that the, that we had about three three thousand discharges into our coastal waters. So, you know, sewage is still a massive problem across the UK. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's something that we really need to kind of maintain the momentum on um, over the over the coming years. Because I got I got this facts, a couple of facts here that I, I found quite, yeah, they're quite shocking, actually, because, you know, I sort of think, yeah, you know, maybe, well, anyway, here you go. So it says, UK, the UK is ranked just 25th out of 30 EU countries for coastal water quality. So that's not a very good position uh, in the bottom five. 
And then it says um, only 16% of our waterways meet good ecological status. And I'm assuming good ecological status means they're kind of alive and have got, uh, you know, they're, they're healthy in terms of their, their biodiversity and ecology. And I don't know, I can see uh, Ash, you're kind of wincing at this fact. Uh, 16% is is poor, isn't it? It's shockingly poor. And you've got to bear in mind that during this time, the, the head of the Environment Agency has been saying things like, You've never had such clean rivers since the Industrial Revolution. It's just absolute rubbish, even by their own data. I think it descended through 25% in 2009, got down uh, to 16%. I think it's actually 14%. And that's dubious. And that good status, well, you should see some of the places that they'll classify as good or moderate. Mm. Uh, and and you realise how really bad it is and how it's been hidden, deeply hidden from the mm. from the public's consciousness. Just, just to add to that as well, you know, just as well as that kind of 16, 14% figure, not forgetting that actually no rivers in the UK meet, uh, meet good chemical test standards. And chemical test standards relate to the, the kind of the sewage pollution in our rivers. So no rivers are passing chemical test standards, which means that every river in the UK is being impacted by sewage pollution, essentially. Yeah, this so this so I, I, in preparation for this podcast, I went, you know, I, I read up on on uh, uh, Ash's website, the Windrush Against Sewage Pollution website, and I started to. It, it did sort of take me back because I, I live in Nottingham. I paddle on the River Trent, and people in the past have said, "Oh, you know, the River Trent's bad, whatever." And I'm always sticking up for it, saying I actually think it's good because you know, at certain times of the year when it's you know, it's not been raining. We've not had like, you know, just like massive flush, flushes through of the roads and all of the sort of storm drains. I actually think it's quite a nice river. You know, you can see there's kingfishers flying around and the water's actually quite clear. You can see the fish swimming around. And I've, you know, I actually go swimming in there sometimes just, just because I like it. And then I read it and I, I, was, I was like, hmm, I'm not actually totally thinking, you know, because I've, of course, I've got some habituation to it, I suspect, but also we know for sure, you know, there's a there's a whole list of things, you know, you've got like gastroenteritis, ear, nose and throat infections, skin infections, and even hepatitis and E. coli. And I was like, okay, but this river looks fine to me when it's not when it's not fine. It's really obvious But when it looks fine. I'm like, mm, is it still fine? Because it's this idea of the chemical stuff that's going on. And, and I, I don't know. I don't know who wants to speak about that, because that that really kind of blew me away. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can I can sort of come in and, and say, yeah, you know, I think really what we're seeing is our, our sewage, you know, our rivers are being sort of treated like the, the open sewers of, of the UK, essentially. Um, you know, you've got to wonder, you know, we've seen huge improvements in relation to the current testing regime on our on our coastline, our coastal bathing waters. And, and you have to wonder whether actually those improvements have just been move, moved inland <laughs> to our rivers. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing we're seeing, you know, the same problems as we saw 30 years ago um, on our coastline now affecting our rivers. And and there's a real opportunity there, actually, to to really take our, our rivers on the same journey as as our as our coastlines in, in terms of cleaning, cleaning them up. Um, um, it is it's a terrible state of affairs, you know, and, and I think. On the coastline, what we've seen is, um, you know, a, a cleanup in terms of kind of the, the solid material you see in in the water. Um, but ne- let's not forget that that there is those bacteria and pathogens that that when when a, when a waterway looks clear, it it might be still um, there might still be kind of dangerous um, chem- sort of chemicals and bacteria um, floating around that that you can't see. 
Um, and it's really important that, that we get that information. We need to have that information as water users, as paddlers, as surfers, as um, stand-up paddleboarders, as you know, anyone who uses swimmers, um, kids playing in the sea. We we need to have that information to know when it's safe to use the waterways. Mm. Really, um, no, because this was that was the interesting thing as well. Because I, I was I read and 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 your website Ash as well. It says how the, the the sewage system that we have is basically was was created by and large in the Victorian times when they were just dealing with classic, you know, sewage. But now there's obviously huge amounts of you know household cleaning cleaning chemicals, you know, really strong stuff. I'm um, you know like Mr. Muscle and all that sort of stuff going in there, and there's all sorts of new materials in there, you know, all uh, you know actual um, you know physical stuff. And I suppose I. I was quite shocked by that as well because I was like, I just would have assumed that this was being taken care of, and actually, it it isn't at all. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, the the process, the the treatment process, hasn't really changed much over the years. Um, the actual network has has come and gone in various times uh, in the seventies and eighties. New sewage networks have been built for new housing estates, but the process basically, you send sewage to a place. Uh, where they stir it around with a bit of air to activate some bacteria, uh, settle out the solids, and then skim off the, the liquid at the top and put it back into a river. Now, you, you may be as amazed as I was to understand that that all happens in about eight hours. That's how long it, stand, it stays there. And in winter, you can imagine how active that bacteria isn't. So treatment is pretty basic in most places. But uh, you, uh, you're, you're right. You used to be dealing with a bit of poo and pee and some soap, maybe a bit of bleach if you were really luxurious back in the days of the early treatment. Now, I would say go into a supermarket and just stand for a moment in the in the kind of laundry aisle and look down at that just endless row of chemical treatments of all those bottles of stuff and just realize that all of those are going in a river somewhere and turn a few of them around and look at the labels. And on the back, you'll see things like harmful to aquatic life with long lasting effects. And you'll think, who who thought this is going to be a good idea to put that into our rivers? Because that's where it ultimately goes. But let's let's be clear that we're talking about the, the key risk times for people like you um, canoeists, really, is probably when the untreated sewage is going in. Now, we were originally told these are short spills spills that happen during periods of extremely heavy rainfall they're very diluted blah 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 it's meant to happen to stop houses flooding with sewage but actually the truth is as we've discovered that some of these spills go on for weeks on end they happen in dry weather some of the spills we've investigated have gone on for five months on end yeah and this is not this is not a rare occasion and this is not just our area with Thames water we've had a look around some of the rest of the country same things going on. We've had a look. We're just in contact with a group down in Chichester at the harbour. That's a shocking place. So you you have to really know what you're dealing with. And you can be the, – the bizarre thing is you can go for a tour around the sewage works and you're going to put on your high-vis jacket, your hard hat, your gloves, your heavy boots, and you're going to put glasses on to protect your eyes, to protect yourself while you're in there. Health and safety is a big deal. You step outside – to the pipe that's discharging untreated sewage or treated effluent, possibly side by side, into the river. There's not a sign. There's nothing to tell you that that is a, a dangerous, a dangerous toxic liquid that that can make you very very sick. Just as you paddle by and and splash that on your face, you'd have no idea what it was, would you? 
it's, no, it's I mean, it, it, it's, it is remarkable. And I think the, you know, so I, I think it's, for me, that, yeah, that was really, really quite shocking. And I suppose I was interested, Ash, you know, you you said, you know, you started to, you know, you started you swimming in this this river and then you realised you're going to not do that. But what does, what what do you do? What does Windrush Against Sewage Pollution do? Because this is a sort of local scale, you know, how, what do you actually do in, in your, in your patch? What do you get up to? So that, you know, this is, I suppose, perhaps inspiring or perhaps get people thinking about what they could do about what, what's going on in their rivers. Yeah. So you probably, you, you, you choose what kind of suits you, I'd say, play to your strength. But what, what we do is uh, three things. We investigate uh, and we gather data and evidence. We do, we do quite a lot with the camera so that we get a GoPro on a stick and poke that into places where you wouldn't want to put your head, frankly. And, and we, we film, um, we create a powerful image to, to communicate and to, to communicate the, the evidence that we gain through using the equivalent of the Freedom of Information Act, which is the Environmental Information Regulations, to, to, to get data. We communicate to the public. We um, communicate to our councils, councillors, MPs, and, and raise it. We try to raise it so that it becomes a voting issue. And it has started to get that way. So now local local councillors are campaigning and they're, they're all uh, kind of competing with each other over what they're doing about sewage pollution. Because, frankly, it doesn't have to be like this. When you go out on the weekend and you want to enjoy yourself, you might not want to, to be in absolutely crystal clear water in the Caribbean on, the, on your doorstep. But you do expect to, at least that the, the water companies are not breaking the law and polluting illegally, which they are, and I confidently say that they are routinely and ruthlessly abusing the law and just using using our rivers and our seas as a way to maintain profit. And it doesn't have to be that way. And we, we push that message and then we engage with the company as we have done today. Uh, and we talk about what they will do for us to improve that. And and if you can get enough, if you can get enough people aware of that you know that although the water companies are monopolies you can't go to another water company and say i don't like what you're doing they're monopolies it's a fundamental flaw they do respond to embarrassment and damage to their reputation and i would say you know we keep it we keep it very straight we keep it very honest and accurate but we're hard we're hard uh, in our engagement but we're constructive about it yeah well, thank you. So I'm just going to welcome everybody who is joining us here live tonight on, on the Paddlers podcast. In case you're coming in just now, we've got Amy Slack from Surfers Against Sewage and Ash uh, Smith from Windrush Against Paddler, uh, Against Sewage Pollution, excuse me. And we're talking tonight about, um, about pollution, uh, sewage pollution in our rivers. And if you're listening again, thank you again for coming and listening to us again. So it's really good. And I'm just going to bring in, there's all sorts of comments coming in. Um, so there's one here from Tom Thorpe. I don't know if you guys can read it. It says, amazing work. It's frustrating because the people who are into sport are so passionate this about this. But many of the people who don't use the waterways and coastlines for recreation are oblivious to the issue. And that's why Clear Access Clear Waters is about. It's trying to get people out there so people can know and, you know, they, yes, there's this idea. I love this idea of stewardship. You know, once we get out there, people want to look after it. And I've worked with people that have said, I don't even like fish, so why should I care about pollution? Of course, this means there is lots to teach, but getting the message to folks that don't tune in is tricky. So this is why we want to get, well, we want access to be able to go paddling, and we want to be able to get people engaged with all of these things. So hold on, here's John Hunt. Anyway, as users of the waterways, 
we can take samples, anything we can test and publicize the results. So Amy, I can see you nodding. Um, do you want to come in on that one? Yeah, yeah, there's 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 lots of as Ash knows that there's lots of um sort of citizen science projects that are going on up and down the country with lots of lots of different local groups. The Rivers Trust do lots of work around um sampling in our in our rivers and and lots of different groups like I, I know WASP are doing stuff. We we've seen Ilkley, which is the the UK's first bathing inland river bathing water, which was designated this year. They've done a lot of work there. There's some testing going on on the River Avon that we know about. There's lots of different groups that you can join to do some testing. And, and we're actually going to be doing some testing ourselves at Surface Against Surge. We're going to be con looking at the connection between the, the rivers and, and the sea and the ocean um, and how kind of water quality is, is connected through through those arteries, our blue arteries of the country into our into our ocean this year. So there's lots that can happen, lots that you can do. There's lots of citizen science projects that you can get involved with. Best places to get in touch with some of your local um, local organisations. So like the the Rivers Trust have lots of lots of different groups all across the country, and there's lots of groups um, like Ash as well, independent groups that you can get involved with. Um, and and the more data we collect, of course, the more samples that we collect, the more evidence we have to kind of really drive um, the water companies to change to for better legislation to be put in place on the, on the issue. So it's really important that we get that citizen science. Um, evidence to kind of challenge the system so yeah lots you can do on the on the water quality testing front yeah it seems to me like they are really relying on people not knowing what's going on and then it's actually quite easy i think well it seems to be it's quite they will react quite quickly when they're they're kind of exposed i'm just going to bring in a, a question here it's a really interesting question from a member of british canoe called dominic Fawcett. And uh, he says he's a member, good surname when you're talking about water and all that anyway, but that's just a rubbish joke, I'm afraid. Sorry, uh, sorry, Dominic. Uh, I feel terrible. He's probably heard this a thousand times. Anyway, he says he's a member and supporter of Surface Against Sewage and a member of British Canoeing, and he's passionate about it. He's written to his local MP, surprise, surprise, not a lot of uh, response from there, from, you know, talking, asking them questions about water quality on the Thames. But he's really interested about the kind of coalitions and the ways that we can work together. So how can we ensure, his question is, how can we ensure uh, groups such as Clear Access, Clear Waters, British Canoeing, Surfers Against Sewage, WASP, I guess, and other organisations are working together? Because I suppose if we can create that network, um, we can be even more effective. Uh, what else do you think we can do? So I suppose, I guess I'll, I'll put that one to Ash, if you've got any ideas about that, and maybe Amy as well, because you, I suppose, Ash, you're a very local and Amy, you're kind of zoomed out a little bit. So, Ash, I don't know what your thoughts are yeah. on how we can work together. Yeah, you can you can take a look. Actually, one of the good things you can do, um, before I forget to mention it, is you can look at the Rivers Trust, uh, the site where you ask, is my river fit to play in? If you put type that into Google, you'll get the Rivers Trust map. That will show you where you, where you paddle. That will show you the river. You can home in on that, and you can identify where the sewage outfalls are. And that that will help you to fight to spot them. And you know we, we're talking about sampling earlier, so go back to that. But you can one of the most powerful things you can do is to spot some of these outfalls when they're in full flow and take video and um, and photos. And if you if you've got nowhere else to send it, send it to Wasp because we'll we'll do something with it. We'll we'll put you in touch with a, a local group. And on our website, you, there is a section on um, on sampling. But the, you're, you're absolutely right about the power of the coalition, because when we've all got that kind of unified voice and we all get 
we all get onto one issue, which we are. Um, that that is that, that we know this is powerful because we've all been kept in splendid isolation by the environment agency and the water industry. They they never tell us about each other. We have to discover each other. So I don't know how this worked back in the day pre social media. It, it it worked brilliantly, I suppose. But now we can we can tie up, and uh, yeah, I don't know how you find your. You, you, I guess you shop around on the internet. You'll find somebody that's got a bee in their bonnet about it, or you'll find a group. At the very least, you should find a local rivers trust. Mm. Amy, I can see what do, what have you got to say from that sort of view, zoomed out position. Yeah, it's it's really important. It's a very good point uh, you know um our, our voices are stronger together of course um you know i think uh, you know we we've brought a in the last sort of 12 months we've brought a, a coalition as i said earlier together of, of of 20 sort of key organizations i know ash is connected with a lot of um local organizations on his on his end and is part of our end sewage pollution coalition and you know that coalition has and british canoeing is part of that as well and and we've been really active and we as a group, we've really been very successful in driving this agenda up. We we've seen um, we, we support we've been supporting as, as you know some of us on this group. Um, we've been supporting Philip Dunn, who's the chair of the Environmental Audit Committee and drafting his sewage inland waters bill, which is a really great piece of legislation, which is getting a lot of attention right now. And we've as a group, as a coalition, so through British Canoeing, through WAS, through Surface Against Sewers, through the Rivers Trust, through you know, um, surf mags, we've managed to get hundred over 130 MPs in support of that bill, which is a really, really amazing result. So we've got a really good group of engaged MPs that can really drive this, this agenda forward um, in the political sphere as, as well as um, kind of on the local side of stuff as well. So it's, it's really starting to be noticed and, and, and that's powered, you know, as testament to the power of, of joining voices on this. Mm. Uh, it's it's really interesting, and I just want I just want to let everybody know I'm really welcoming the comments. Unfortunately, tonight something about the way I've got my computer set up, I can't see a lot of your comments coming in, so I'm relying on them being uh, pumped into me uh, from this direction. So, ah, uh, here we go. We've got C One WWR. I know I know him. It's nice to see you back here again. Um, it says a massive investment in wastewater infrastructure over the last thirty years. This is continuing. Um, What's it? So wastewater treatment works are monitored for effluent quality. Are you saying that additional parameters should be monitored? Um, it, yes, I guess. Go on. Who wants to say about that? Because <laughs> from what I've seen, it seems it seems like they're dodging the the, the they're kind of going around the the checks, aren't they? Uh, they um, Ash, I'm sure Ash has got a lot to say on this, but just just a, a small kind of. Um, you know, word on the on the water quality testing regime, I, I guess, on, on this. So we do have a water quality testing regime for, for designated bathing waters. Majority of designated bathing waters are on, in the UK or on, on the coast. We are starting to see an increase um, inland, but there's definitely way more we can do in terms of getting getting that water quality testing inland. But there's, you know, it, it is flawed in its own right. So the water quality testing regime only tests for water quality once a week during the bathing season. We know for a fact that people use our rivers, our streams, our coast all year round, not just in this kind of false 15th of May to 30th September um, time period. So there's that, you know, we only see water quality tested in the bathing season. We only see it tested once a week and we get a, only a snapshot um, of water quality at any one time. And those that data is released a year in, in sort of 
hindsight really so so what we're seeing in terms of classifications is is actually a very small sample um and based on last year's data so what we really need to see is real time water quality information all year round and we've seen you know one of the key successes we've had as a coalition is having government um, and water qualities water companies commit to providing that data so real-time information on when sewage is discharged into rivers we're seeing a commitment now to having that all year round which is great news for us as, as water users but ultimately we do need to you know progress in terms of the information that's being provided to us we need real-time water quality information so um, ash has been doing some great work on on testing some some kit there's emerging technology now which is test you know which tests that water continuously and we can get that real-time information but just a point on kind of other other threats ash sort of pointed to to some of these other uh, other emerging pollutants but you know we've got other other pollutants that we do need to include in that water quality testing regime as well we've got microplastics we don't know what the impact of microplastics is on our human health at the moment we need to understand kind of what their presence is in our daily lives you know in our homes and in our waterways um and also there's there's the the threat of sort of antimicrobial resistant bacteria and i can talk for a long yeah, time about that <laughs> yeah, this is really scary yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I'll stop there. We can maybe talk about that now because later, because I'm sure Ash wants to come in on on sort of the the testing side of it as well. Yeah, go on, Ash. I, I would really, ch- I'd really challenge that idea that the water industry has invested a lot of money or enough money. Uh, they keep telling us that, but let's face it, many many of their sewer systems actually are, are just routinely breaking the law. So they've never actually been forced into into addressing the law because of the way the Environment Agency prosecutes only the tiniest fraction of most serious offences so that it's made polluting the easy answer. It's made it profitable. The water industry has made nearly £60 billion profit. It's loaded over £40 billion of debt that it didn't need. And and I don't think uh, it did what it was intended to do. That was to bring investment in to solve an underinvestment that had happened in it for you know, 30 odd years ago. 30 years on, they're still complaining about the Victorian infrastructure leaks in the system and they don't address them. So let's get that out of the way. They've done nowhere near enough. They've been allowed to do it, unfortunately. And now they've got a problem so big that they, they say it's too big to tackle. It's actually too big to ignore. And then you come to sampling and let, let realize this. Water, water sewage treatment works have to, have to pass 12 samples a year, spot samples a year, roughly 12. Sometimes it'll go down to four. Now, they conduct their own samples. The Environment Agency will inspect water, wastewater treatment works on average in the Thames area once every eight years. The idea that this is a, a regulator or a controlled industry is fanciful. It's completely out of control and uh, and has been allowed to get away with with murder. So uh, you see now the problems are starting to unfold because additional housing is loaded onto sewage works, which already can't cope. And then suddenly things are getting much, much worse. And the environment, so the industry takes the money from the, the extra customers, but it puts nothing back. It's been very, very profitable. And we're, we're hoping that now it's, it's pressure. It's pressure from groups like uh, Surface Against Sewage, all of the all of the groups that hopefully from uh, the great canoeing kind of engagement, 
as well that will make this different. That will change. Uh, uh, and you can, yeah, you, it doesn't have to be this way. You should be able to fall out of your canoe and think, oh, I've just got wet. Not what's that in my mouth? No, it's I tell you what, and, and I'm just really loving the comments. There's so much engagement. Uh, I, I just want to go back. I've actually been educated. Um, I'm going to try and pronounce this properly. Sphagnum, um, I think, is quite a few letters in there that don't normally put next to each other in English language. He's saying kingfishers aren't necessarily an indicator of good water quality. So I love kingfishers. I think they're absolutely amazing. I'm banging about them all the time. And I'm like, says here, kingfisher, that must be awesome. But he's saying, or they're saying, uh, that they are not necessarily a good sign. So that's really interesting. And there was another thing that I saw. Where was this? Um, ah, yeah, John Hunt says... You can use what three words to take a to, to locate a picture. So what three words is that um, that app basically that puts an individual like location, a unique location, take a photo, and then I guess where do you share it? That's the I think you've already sort of said you'd you'd handle that, uh, Ash. But I suppose it'd be really interesting just to get this network, this this picture going, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're we're developing our website. We're going to try and play, find a place for guests to to add stuff that maybe other groups can come in and kind of harvest and, uh, and get them to the to the right place. And you're right. The, who mentioned that about sticklebacks? I've found sticklebacks living in virtually uh, in, in untreated sewage. They're incredibly resilient uh, fish. I've actually found one. I've filmed it, uh, and I've measured the dissolved oxygen content, and it went down to one percent. And that little stickleback had adapted and he was sucking air off the and, and water off the very surface and managed to survive. Incredible fish. Really, really. So, so yeah. don't yeah, if you see a stickleback, not, doesn't mean it okay. doesn't mean anything, frankly. <laughs> oh wow. And it's it's super. I mean, it's just it is. And I think another thing that I was really struck with is that basically these companies, the water companies, they just say how much is it going to cost us to improve these systems how much is it going to cost us to pay the fine and the fine is like way way less and they're just like we'll just take the fine and it and i was i was again i was like that kind of makes me angry if i'm honest and it kind of shows the well corruption's a strong word but it is it's a, it's just something our water is our precious resource and it because it's being reduced just to make money for somebody and shareholders somewhere to me there's no actual care being put into the rivers that are really completely vital and also in the end we need them and it just seems to me that like the good that good work well the goodness of our rivers is just being turned into into well into poo let's be i'll use a polite word maybe is that am i allowed to say that at this time oh dear don't get me started. after after the watershed yeah <laughs> Hey, well, look, um, Amy, I was wondering what your sense is on, on, on where this all needs to go, um, what needs to happen, because, you know, this is starting to be, we're having a really good conversation here. I'm hoping, you know, loads of people online watching again, listening on the podcast. Thank you if you're doing any of those things. It's really good. And I think people are going to be starting to have this conversation because I have to be honest, I'm, I am shocked and it has kind of made me think this this isn't quite like I thought. And it sounds to me like, well, that 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 fact that you said that none of our rivers are basically up to snuff, that's that's shocking. And I'm really, yeah, to uh, I think it's interesting to know what people would what you know, what where we can go because there's you know, there's a kind of grand plan here, I guess, or or well, I don't know if there's a grand plan. I don't want to put that into it, but you know, a plan. Yeah, well, I mean, where we're trying to get to ultimately is, is you know, our, our aim as an organisation is to, to to end sewage discharges into UK bathing waters by 2030. That's our am- ambition as a as a campaigning organisation. So that's our kind of route map. Um, you know, I think I think the first thing is, you know, 
I think there's there's studies that were undertaken a, a couple of years ago by WWF that showed that um the awareness of of this issue is really low. It's about twenty percent awareness of the issue, but concern is really high. People are really concerned, and and Etienne, you, you've been voicing that all along. You're really you've been really shocked to learn kind of the things that you've been learning over the last um, couple of weeks around around this issue. So I think the first thing to say is you know talk about it, talk about it as an issue, increase the awareness. Um, you know, talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to other paddlers. Um, because awareness is the key, um, and then we can actually start to make to to, to make our voice really powerful and, and actually talk about these issues. Um, the you know the, the second thing is that, that we we really need the information. We need to we need to be told when things are happening and where, and kind of to the to the extent that it's happening. So that's the first thing is you know we need we need the information and transparent information all year round. We then need water companies to invest. We need to invest in the, in the infrastructure that's there to, 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 to start to stop. You know, this isn't going to be a problem that's solved overnight. Let's be realistic. But, you know, we need to actually get a route map that sees us there. So we need to get investment into the infrastructure to actually stop the scale of discharges that are happening into, into UK rivers and, and to the ocean. Um, you know, and then ultimately we need to start, you know, working systems that, that remove those those combined sewer overflows, those CSOs into our rivers and, and our seas, and you know th- this is a big investment project. I'm not going to you know not 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 going to lie. This is this is big investment talking here. But we, there's lots of solutions to the problem. There's nature based solutions, reinstalling our wetland areas. Um, you know, um, it's not just a hard infrastructure uh, structure problem. And I think in terms of the the things that people can do is you know definitely write to your MP. Your MP represents you as a constituent, you know, and 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 actually MPs are really unaware of this issue as well. You know, we talk to loads of MPs and they're like, oh gosh. And the the rivers fit to the rivers fit to the play in the Rivers Trust um app that uh website that Ash mentioned earlier is a really good tool to direct them to because it they often are not aware of the scale of discharge that's happening in their in their local area. And through our Safer Seas service, so Safer Seas and River service, um, we've actually, that's actually not just a, a, a sort of um, real-time water quality information service, but it's a really good campaigning tool as well. So through that, through th- those are people who are on the coast um, uh, amongst our watchers here um, and listeners later on, if you're listening again. Um, but, you know, you can, when there's a sewage discharge in at your local beach um, that you that you use, you can you can actually email an MP directly from from the app, and we're introducing a new new feature in this this year, which which is allowing you to to email the CEO of the relevant water company as well. So um, so keeping the pressure on is is key, um, and that's the that's the way we're going. So yeah, thank you so much. I mean, this is so this is when you started, my my ears perked up as well because I guess. Is this thinking about like solutions, you know, and really investment? This is the this is the classic thing. Oh, it costs too much to save our rivers, but we depend on rivers and water and our seas and our air and our land. Yeah, I mean, can you we know? afford not to? Yes, absolutely, no, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that this is the this is the folly of the situation that we find ourselves in, where we basically say people are saying cost too much. It can't cost too much because in the end, there's an infinite cost to it all going totally totally wrong and if we poison our rivers poison our seas you know defile our land and our air 
we are not going to be making any money. We're going to be in really, really big trouble. So uh, yeah, and I think I think as well, you know, that this co- the COVID nineteen pandemic has really highlighted the importance of our of our environmental space, our blue space, our green space, to our mental health and well being. We've seen a massive increase in in uptake of actually, you know, paddle boarding, kayaking. They've been the most some of the most increased sports in the country. Yeah, I heard our lockdown. membership has doubled in the last year. I just yeah. heard that before this podcast. I was blown away. I mean, it's incredible. Exactly. This is an opportunity, right? And and you know and and so it's really important to our mental mental health and well being. We need these environments to keep us kind of sane, I guess. Um, you know, and and it's so important to to not just our physical health, that all the bacteria and all of the stuff we've been talking about, but it's so important to our to our mental health as well. Mm. And that's it. Our health of our our health as individuals is is intrinsically interwoven with our health of, of our planet and our and na- nature. And so so I don't know, um, uh, Ash. I was thinking about what your, you know, what you see as the sort of solutions here as well, and what you think. You, what would you like to see if you could kind of wave a wand on the River Windrush? What would happen? So on the Windrush, we're saying we want it. We want to see an end to untreated sewage pollution in a year. Uh, we've been doing this for about four years now, so it's not uh, unreasonable. And uh, and we're trying to encourage the water company to be ambitious, to take to make this an example and to find out how to do it well. And we think that can happen all around the country. I, I, I'm far more impatient. You know, I don't want to hear about 25-year environment plans. That's what, that's just like saying we're not going to do anything for 24 years, then we'll rush around and uh, write another plan. I'm not buying into any of that stuff. We're, we're, we're pushing for it to be done now because we are we have to stop this now we're actually polluting let's not forget our groundwater we're actually polluting and poisoning our own groundwater we're drinking this stuff again by the way it's going around in circles we know that we're poisoning ourselves with it and also uh, just as an aside and to help the water industry out because they're always complaining about wet wipes and sanitary products and condoms being chucked down and uh you know i Look, you don't want to see those things again, do you? But it, frankly, if you're if you're canoeing near one of these things, you may well do, uh, and that is just utterly gross. And it happens a lot. It happens much more in the sea um, where, where these things are, are drifting around. It doesn't. It's, it's, so there is something you can do as an individual if you if you hadn't thought about that before. It's not a magic hole that you put things into that disappear. You may well come face to face with that product somewhere out on the on the river and and it's not not necessary so we we see it as a, a, a just an impatient desire to stop wrecking where we live especially now we you know we who knows if we'll ever be allowed to go somewhere else to another country that we haven't wrecked yet so let's not wreck our own yeah well i completely hear you on that let's not wreck where we live let's not wreck where we live in the broadest sense our earth our planet you know it's just not just about our country it's about all those countries around the world the global south everywhere let's just be sensible we're literally killing ourselves this is a really stupid thing to do and it's actually not that hard to solve we just need to get clever i'm just seeing we're starting to come towards the end of of our of of our time together you know and there's been loads of people watching up thanks everybody for coming in and all the comments i'm really grateful um i just wonder amy is there something you'd like to say before we kind of wrap this one up and like a final rallying cry from surfaces against sewage or, or anything else that you think you know you'd like to have said that we you know perhaps i didn't bring out in my questions or or in the in the converse conversation we've had 
Yeah, I mean, we, we've got we've got an action at the moment, which is supporting Philip Dunn's sewage inland waters bill, which is really important. So get on to that um, on our website, sas.org.uk. You can take that action with us um, and you can follow the journey that we're taking. We've got the environment bill. For some of you who might be aware, we've got the environment bill that is currently going through Parliament. That's a really key piece of legislation which we're trying to influence as well and there'll be more to come on that in the coming months and action that you can take with us and of course you know download the safer sea service you can take action through that as well Um, and you can submit health reports to us too so we're keeping track of health reports on on our coastal bathing waters and the inland ones that we're getting into the app this year Um, and that will help us um, in our campaigning work to track where people are getting sick to help inform policy and legislation. That was an excellent summary. Very, very well done. And what about you, Ash? Would you like to say anything just before we uh, finish this up here? Sure. Now, I think there's a tipping point of the amount of people that know. Once you get to a tipping point where enough people know and object to this stuff, it will change. So I would say just go and tell two people that didn't know about this and try and get them to tell another two and spread that like a a web. Just get that information out and just say it doesn't have to be like this it can be done properly and we can have a a beautiful network of rivers and seas back. Well, look, thank you both of people saying, yeah, comments coming in. Thank you, John, for watching. It's been an interesting listen. There's people really positive about this and it'd be interesting, you know, everyone listening to this watch again or listen again, you know, spread that word. Let's have these conversations, even though it's a bit uncomfortable because these are the places that we love and that we respect and that we actually kind of secretly want to, you know, we want we want them to be good, but we may have to start to have these conversations where we kind of have to admit they're not good at first. So, uh, yeah, thank you for both of you. It's really great to have you along, and I'm super grateful for you spending the time. Grateful for our viewers and listeners, especially those who are coming in um, on the watch again or listening again. I hope we've uh, brought some fun to your Thursday evening. We're going to be back next week. Um, it's going to be super cool. We've got all sorts going on. It's an Olympics uh, Tokyo special with Olympians and Paralympians. We'll be aiming for medals and it's going to be really interesting but for now i just want to thank our guests amy slack from surface against sewage ash smith from windrush against sewage pollution i've got the words right this time uh, really grateful for you all being here come back um everybody come back next week 8 th- 8 p.m next thursday it'll be lovely to see you and guys keep up the good work out there and uh yeah let's do this let's let's get our rivers nice and seas Thanks, Sachin. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Bye, everybody. See ya.